Thank you, everybody, for downloading the Curtain Call podcast. I am Kevin Sullivan from the digital media department here at Yes. And as always, I am joined by Mr. John J. Filippelli. He is the president of production and programming here at Yes. Flip, how are you doing today? Rate, review, and subscribe. That's my name. My first name is Rate. My middle name is Review, and my last name is Subscribe. So please, rate, review, and subscribe. I don't want to forget that we forgot it the last time we did a show, and it was... You can't. We got to get that message out. So rate, review, and subscribe. And I'm really fine. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, I missed. We've missed you. We, where have you all been? It's, it's uh, the world's a crazy place, but we miss you. Yeah, it's been a while since we talked. Um, I missed talking to you like this uh, because it's been so long. I think we have a ton to talk about. What do you want to talk about first? Want me to throw some uh, topics at you? Yeah, I mean, I think Game of Thrones is out since that's long over, so let's not do that. Uh, but sure, throw some t- topics. Dead out. to Me? You watch Dead to Me? Yeah, I do. It's very funny. That's So good. That's the Christina Applegate? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, we can talk about that later. How about we talk baseball? Sure. Okay, okay. Talking baseball, the headline, of course, is Commissioner Rob Manfred saying last night, I can tell you, this is a quote, I can tell you unequivocally, we are going to play Major League Baseball this year. Now, as a baseball fan, that's obviously what you want to hear. Uh, of course, there's more to it than just Manfred saying that. What's your take, Flip? Will there be baseball in 2020? Yeah, I, I believe there, there will be because there has to be. Uh, when I say that there has to be, I, I just I think that you know it's you it's one thing to be defeated, but you know by, by the virus, and and that's you know a scary proposition as we know. Um, but if you know all the protocols are being taken that, that can uh, protect and safeguard the, the players, which I know are being taken, I know MLB is taking every product, every safety precaution that there is that's being taken. And uh, if that meets with the union, and I have two bars, and I know and understand it, it has been. Um, so that's 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 puts it in a good place. It's now a matter of the economics, and they they and they'll work out the economics because. Uh, it's important to uh, important to the game that it go on. It's important to the fan base that it be played. Like I said, as long as it's not about the, the virus, if it's about the economics, then they got to get past the economic side of this and make it work because it's uh, for, for the health for the growth of this for the health of the sport and for the you know for the psyche of the of the country and the fan base. I think it's important that they play, and I believe they will. So I work in sound bites. I'd like to get unequivocally, as Manfred would say. Yes, there will be baseball in 2020, is your opinion, Flip? Unequivocally, yes, there will be baseball in 2020. And? Okay. No, I I share that opinion with you. Um, When it does return, and I am going to say when instead of if, because I am confident, things will be a bit different. Um, For example, realignment is being introduced, which I love personally. Um, What's your take on realignment? You need me to list off some of these teams real quick. I, I, you know, I know them, but I think for the sake of our listeners, maybe a few, some people may not be all that familiar with them. So why not? This goes along the lines of geographical realignment, you know, the, the teams being close in proximity to each other, which builds rivalries and and, uh, and also cuts down on travel. So from that standpoint, it's, it's terrific. But, uh, but why don't you mention some of the teams so people are familiar with them? Yeah, that's a good idea. So there's going to be uh, three divisions. Let's look at the East first. The New York Yankees in the same division as the Mets, as well as the Red Sox, Nationals, Orioles, Phillies, Pirates, Blue Jays, Rays, and Marlins. Now, as you mentioned, Flip, 
this is ideal during a pandemic, right? Because it reduces travel. These people do not have to go over to Seattle. Um, again, like you mentioned, natural geographic rivalries built in here, which I love. Right. I mean, th those are the reasons. The reasons are that it will support rivalries, uh, create new ones, and uh, it will really cut down on travel. If you're a fan, when, when we are uh, in a situation where uh, the fans will be allowed to go back to ballparks, so that, that they will, will happen, of course, at some point. When that happens, I mean, you're a fan, you really want to travel. You could see your team play in so many different cities. It used to be where you're very limited to, really are limited to how many teams you could go see play. Now, if you're a fan, you want to get in your, say you live in New York, you can go to Washington, D.C. or jump on the train, go to Washington, D.C., the Nationals. Right, which not that not too far away. You always could go to Boston. The Mets are right across town. Here's your natural geographic. Right, the Phillies aren't far away. You know, Joe Girardi managing the Phillies. You know, that's going to be fun. Nationals are defending world champions. So, I mean, the, the, also the quality, the competition, the quality of the competition in the Yankee division has gone up exponentially. So that make that division a really hard division to come through because you've got so many good teams in it. So it'll promote a, a more interesting brand of baseball. You know, it will, it will, you know, it will further blur the lines. They really won't be an American League, National League thing per se, really, because the divisions will be what they are. You know, they'll be, you know, you'll have American, old American League teams with old National League teams melded together now going forward, or at least in this experiment. Because I have to point out, it is an experiment right now. It's really for the next two years, I believe, that they've adopted this with the hope, with the hope that it does take and that people will say well, they really love the new alignment and it becomes a permanent fixture going forward whenever the new CBA happens whenever that is so I, I think that's the point of it it's a petri dish you know when i say a petri dish is a place where you, you, you go to for an experiment but this is an experiment they've wanted to do for a long time and this gives them a chance to do it i think it's going to be a tremendous and if you go through the other divisions Kevin, i don't know if you got them in front of you the yeah i want to go through them if you don't you should mind. mention it just for the fan but no i don't mind at all i've got all day actually I've been sitting at home, so. <laughs> before we do it I want to put you on the spot before we yeah. do i named yeah. the teams in the east i could do it again um yeah. But if you need, let me know. Yeah. Pick a winner. Give me a division winner. Uh, right now, based on what uh, uh, it's – that's a little rough right now. Um, well, let's put it this way. There'll be a division winner, and there'll be expanded playoffs. So you're going to have to also look at wild cards who have a chance to – because, you know, the wild cards will be tested. Their medal will be tested too uh, here. But in the East, wow. Well, it's down I, to two, in my opinion. Well, three, maybe. Well, I, you know, well, let's see. Well, one would be the Yankees, obviously. So uh, we, yeah. gotta, that one, we, we, it's not just because we like them, but we, you got to like them in, in this in this situation, right? So you like you got them. Nationals are the defending world champions. You got to like their pitching. If you know, although the, losing Rendon is a big loss, but but still, and all they're a terrific baseball team. So you got to like them. Um, let's see. Phillies are, I think Phillies are a tick below, but, but I mean, Girardi's first, they've got a lot of talent. Maybe the Phillies, uh, I wouldn't put the Red Sox, they're rebuilding, although they'll, they'll still be a force. They just won't be the same force. I'll go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the, I'll go with the Yankees and I'll go with the, uh, I'll go with the Nationals. Yeah. Yeah. Yankees, Nationals, obviously don't be surprised, at least in my opinion, the Rays every year are good. You know what? That's true. I, I've actually forgot about them because they and Miami are also part of the division. Uh, they'll, you know, I think there'll be more than one wild card. I think there's two because you're expanding the right the, the playoffs. So I, I think that this, let's say the say the Yankees. When I'd say Washington and then Tampa Bay could be the two wild cards. But you're right. Okay. I, you can't forget about Tampa. They got a lot of talent. 
they really do. They've got a lot of talent under control, which is important. Right. I'm going to switch over to Central. Uh, I think we both agree East is the most is the powerhouse division. Uh, the Central teams top to bottom. That's why. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't yeah. counting the Pirates and the Orioles. I mean, we could, but I wouldn't go there. <laughs> Blue Jays will be good. They wouldn't even be in Canada though. They they can't be play in Canada. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So they're playing in Dun. They're play, actually playing in Florida. They're playing in Dun. Uh, where they trade? Dunedin or Bradenton? No, Braden Phillies. Are, no, Dunedin. They're in Dunedin. So they will be down at their spring training home. I think that's where they're going to play their games from. So you have three Florida teams now, at least for this this season. This season, how it shakes out. Okay. Well, let me get, let me jump to the central real quick. Cubs, White yeah. Sox. Brewers, Cardinals, Royals, Reds, Indians, Twins, Braves, Tigers. That does not impress me. Actually, I rather think it's interesting. Um, you know, the, you've got uh, you've got the Braves, you've got the Cubs, you've got the Brewers. They're, 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 the Braves are really good. Uh, Cubs uh, have something to prove now after the championship season. They haven't been the same since 16, but they're a good baseball team. The Cardinals are a good baseball team. The, the Brewers are a very good baseball team. You mean, um, wow. There's some talent there. I mean, it's, you know what it is? It's a very competitive, very, it's, it's, there's no team that runs away. Cincinnati's going to be a better team. They're, you know, they are like Cleveland. I mean, they're good baseball teams. They may not be great baseball teams, but there's a whole level of, I want to say goodness. It doesn't make any sense. But there's a level of of of, of balanced talent. I'm about to put it like that. The talent is very balanced there, so it's interesting. That, it is balanced. Great. Yeah, it may not be. Although, great. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I think the Braves run away with it. Actually, I think they're that good. I think they're that much better than these other uh, teams. And for me, wh- why are they in the Central? That's a team you can't get more East than Atlanta. I, I think they probably looked at it and said. If they put the 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 Braves, the Nationals, the Phillies, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Tampa, all in the same, I mean that's kind of almost tilting it. The power of the the, the conferences or the divisions, whatever they call them now, uh, that's sort of tilting it much to the East. And I think they wanted to balance it out a little bit more. I think that's why they put the Braves, because okay. I will tell you this: even though the Braves are the best team, they, they are. You look at the other teams, and they got good. There's some very good teams there. And what that will do is when you play a good team every night, even if you're a much better team, you're playing good competition every night, and that's going to affect your record in, in the long run. It will. Because there's no, there's no one to get, to get fat on, if you will. There really are no really bad baseball teams. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the Tigers yeah. need some help. I mean, I'm, I'm saying, what I'm saying uh, as, a, as, a, as a rule of thumb, there aren't that many. There, the division is, is, is loaded with decent baseball teams, and that's going to have an effect. But, but you're right. The, the Braves are the best team. They have the best pitching. You know, they got the best, you know, some of the best young talent in the game. They reside in Atlanta. So Braves are a force for sure. Let me ask you something. Remember when the Braves were in the West? Yes. I what do. was that? That confused a lot of people. That's what that did. <laughs> <laughs> and especially if you were at school and you say, all right, little Johnny, where's, uh, you know, where's Atlanta? It's near San Diego. No, it's not. There was no, <laughs> that would be one of my kids. No, no. But my dad said they're, they're in the division. They play in the West. No, I'm sorry, Johnny. You've got this all wrong. But those, that's why my kids spent nine years getting through high school. You know, that's why that happened the way it did. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's to know my kids, you know. You know, Johnny right, Pierce, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I love him. Uh, Pierce, is, Pierce cracks me up. You think you're funny. 
Well, he's hysterical, and and uh, and Johnny's a great kid. Uh, so I'm, and so is Pierce. I mean, so I'm, I'm blessed to have great kids. But you know, it took him nine years to get to high school, so it happens. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. My joke is, it took me ten years to graduate college, and I'm not a doctor. <laughs> this, uh, this is that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know that about sure. you. <laughs> Uh, I want to get to the West, but yeah, help me. I, I'm going way off on a tangent here. It's all right. The, the Braves, not the Braves. The uh, Astros were in the National League, and the Brewers were in the American League. What was the switch for? Uh, I, they, they always wanted to get the Brewers and the Cubs in the same, the, the same league, if you will, the same division, because they're so close to each other, and there is there's always been this sort of this rivalry between Milwaukee and Chicago, and you know, so it made sense to sort of put them together. And when they had a chance to finally switch that out, that's why they did that. I mean, and they, I remember when they did that, the Astros were not the Astros, the force that they later became, you know, and uh, you know, garbage cans notwithstanding, uh, the force that they later became. Um, and uh, they were not that. So it, it didn't, at the time, and Milwaukee, was, by the way, wasn't the team that they were later to become. So that uh, that rivalry that has been built subsequently was not in place then. So it made this made all the sense in the world to make a switch like that. And uh, by the way, there are still people that get confused by it. They still look at Houston and say, well, that's a National League team and, and Brewers are an American League team. Well, they're not. But I mean, but it's it's probably the, uh, the, the most confused situation of franchises is probably those two. It's still to this day. Right. Sometimes I have to stop and think about it. Most people do. Yeah. Yeah. You All do. right. Let's get to the West. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers and the Angels. Yeah, it makes sense. Yes, Giants right. and A's. Right, it makes sense. Right. Padres, Diamondbacks. It makes sense too. Rockies, Rangers. Yeah. Astros, Mariners. All of it makes sense. They all do, and you were able to keep the Rangers and Astros together, which they wanted to. So you have that Texas, you know, rivalry. That was important. You got all the California teams. Obviously, the the the, the Padres and the Dodgers and the Dodgers and the Giants and the A's and the Giants and all that. Except everybody except the Seattle thing, because Seattle, Seattle. Yeah, I'm going Dodgers. I don't mean by in a bad way. way. I'm just saying that you know Seattle, Seattle. Seattle's far from every place, though. You ever try to get to Seattle? Yeah, it's we went together far. earlier this year. You and I went. Oh, you know, I forgot about that. <laughs> you already forgot. Yeah, <laughs> the brain goes. When we, that was a couple of months ago. That was right before spring training. We went. Yeah, right before spring yeah, training. We had a business reason we went to Seattle. I remember. Now yeah, remember. yeah, it was rainy as expected. We rained in Seattle. Well, that's yeah. there's a news flash. <laughs> All right, so uh, if we do go this route, yep. we know that here's the realignment, and uh, presumably there would be a universal DH. So if that's the case, I want to ask you two questions. Mm -hmm. Do you have a problem with the universal DH for this abbreviated season? And two, would you want to see that moving forward permanently? I have no problem with it in an abbreviated se season. I have no problem with it going permanently. Look, you, you got to play by one set of rules, you know, DH or no DH. And the reality is that given, you know, the impending labor situations, uh, the, the, you need the job. Baseball wanted to protect the job of the DH, uh, so the DH will 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 win out over the non-DH. I mean, I get the I, I get the the strategy involved with uh, take a pitcher out, leave him in, hit for him. You know, do what you need to do. Without the DH concept, you 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 can do that. But you know what? It's just a fairer game when you we're playing by one set of rules, and the play the way to do it is to leave the DH because what it does is the very few pitchers can hit. 
there's a whole lot of pitchers can't bunt either for that matter. And they certainly can't run the bases anymore. So as opposed to it's, it's arguably the most position, most important position on the field as a pitcher, a starting pitcher. So you've got to sort of do, go out of your way to protect them uh, from injury because they are such a, such an important component in the game. I mean, other positions are important too. I mean, don't get me wrong, but that is of premium importance. So you've got to protect it. And you really don't, you, nobody, you, they can't run the bases as, as a rule of thumb. They can't hit as a rule of thumb. And so, and you'd rather see uh, the offense is limited by strong pitching anyway. So you, you want to get the bat in there. And it's also a way to keep in some of the players who are getting older and can't play their positions as well, but they can certainly still swing the bat. You keep them in the game. And I think that's important to do as well. So no, I'm, I'm a supporter of the DH, although I get the argument to go the other way, but I do think that you need to play by one set of rules. So having that's a little bit of a long winded answer, but I'm kind of a long winded guy. So I'm going to go with, but I'm going to go DH. Yes. Oh yeah. I tend to agree. If it was up to me, um, the universal DH would have come into play the minute interleague play became became every day because every day now you have teams playing each other that are built differently and it's just not fair. Um, and now you have every league in the world literally has the DH, even high school. So yeah. The leagues in Japan have it too. There was one league, one, one, one of the leagues in Japan didn't have it, but for the, I mean, but literally almost every, every place else in the world plays by a DH and look that major league baseball needed to sort of play by one set of rules. So it was going to be one or the other. And if you ask me one or the other, as far as I'm concerned, you got to go DH. Well, we're on the same page. It was bound to happen one of these days. So I, I agree with you there. You watched the draft last night. I did. I, I did. I, I thought I know it was on a couple of places. I, I saw it on the MLB network and I, uh, I thought they did a really good job. Uh, you know, it's not an easy show to do to make uh, interesting. And I think they made it very interesting. I think it was well-produced. And they moved around, you know, I, which I, I like. It. The pacing of it was good. The content was good. I mean, if you didn't know much about the, the players, you got some sense or feel for the, 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 you know, the top end of it anyway, what those players were about. So I, I, I thought it was well done. Yeah, likewise, um, like you said, it was a difficult situation. I thought they did well. I bounced back and forth ESPN and um mlb network they both did a great job for me though it always comes down to the reaction shot of when you get drafted i don't care that never gets old watching these guys um i especially liked uh, the number one pick spencer torkelson i'll tell you he is gonna be a star i don't watch a ton of college baseball so i don't know a ton about it but the charisma he has uh, an amazing name, Torkelson. Marketing teams will have a blast with that. And he could rake. He could rake. So Yeah, that's what the numbers say, and that's what the scouts think. So, you know, it's it's it, the first round of, of the MLB draft is very interesting to me as opposed to the first round of the NFL draft. There are there – are, there is more, there's more certitude in the first-round picks of almost every – of all the other sports than there is baseball. Baseball doesn't have the same certitude. By that, I mean, like, if you were drafting in the NFL in the first round, not all those guys make it. You know, there's 32 teams, let's say, and there's 32 picks. Let's just keep it simple. And, okay, how many of those picks are, you know, are going to be stars? How many of those picks are going to be starters? How many of those picks are not starters? How many of those picks don't, are, are, are busts? And there's a, there's a handful of first-round picks that are busts. 
There are more busts in baseball than there are in the other sports because it's harder to handicap, I think, because of the level of competition in the colleges is, is different than the level of competition in the, sort of the number one schools, uh, the football schools in the country. And there are, fo- there are football factories, if you will, that sort of turn out football players. They're the, the bigger schools with the bigger programs. So I, I think that on a competitive level, the baseball ones are not as, uh, as even. So I think that there's less certitude in, 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 in the picks. But but if that makes any sense, I hope it makes some sense. But, no, that makes sense. So I, I would. So it's again, it's not it's not apples to apples. But but again, if you go back historically, it's interesting. Go back the last ten years and look I'm doing at, that as you're talking, actually. Okay, and I, you I, and go back and see. Go back and see the, the the first round, and you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll see the five or six guys make it. There are three or four guys who go toward the end of a round. You go, wow, wow, how did they last this long? And then there's a whole bunch of guys in the middle that had some success or no success. Yeah, let me do. All right, I just typed in 2009 MLB draft. Okay, that's so. Let me just play this. That's 11 years ago. Yep, yep. 32 picks in the first round. Oh, compensation six. picks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, got it. Six All Stars. Only six out of 32. All right, give so, so we have a frame of reference. Name the six All Stars that you've got. Uh, Steven Strasburg. Right, star. Major star. Oh, yep. Mike Miner, uh, a good uh, pitcher player. Rangers uh, had, had good success. Okay, Aaron Crow, I don't know a ton about. AJ Pollock, yeah. Okay. Shelby Miller, Shelby it, Miller. Wow. Okay. And this guy you might know, Mike Trout, at number twenty-five. <laughs> and you and the pick before was who? Who was twenty-four? Randall Grichik. And when? What team is that? Cardinals. Uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So they had back-to-back picks. Before that was uh, White Sox. Uh, Jared. Uh, 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 you're missing a story. You're missing a story. They had back-to-back picks because why? Oh, yeah. Uh, I know this. Mark Teixeira. That's right. Compensation for Mark Teixeira. That's yeah. right. That's right. And that pick would have gone to – the Trout pick would have gone where? To the Yankees. That's right. Yeah. And I know the Yankees were fully prepared to make that that commitment. Remember, if if everybody knew Mike Trout was going to be Mike Trout, he wouldn't have lasted in the twenties. He would have right. been number one by a mile. He would be only player drafted. That's just get Trout work done, right? He would have went knew. Knew. number three to the Padres instead of Donovan Tate. <laughs> I remember Donovan Tate, but that's it. He's just a name. You remember him? See, this is my point. So name the first five picks. Give me the first All five right. picks in that draft. Yeah. So we know Strasburg went one to the Nationals, yeah. right, right. followed by Dustin Ackley to the Mariners. Right, who was a shortstop, wasn't he? Uh, outfielder. outfielder. He might have played some short. You might, yeah. I think he did play short, but good. Yeah, with the Yankees uh, a little bit too. Okay. Uh, Donovan Tate to the Padres. Okay. The number four pick went to the Pirates, Tony Sanchez. Yes, okay. See, this you've already proved my point, but keep going. All right, and number five, a great name to the Orioles, Matt Hobgood. Well, okay, so you see, after, after the one pick with Strasburg, which you got, you understood all that, right? The next four picks, two, three, four, two, three, four, five, next four picks, right? Didn't make it or, made, or had very marginal success, if any. And they were the yep. next four picks in the draft. And then you get to Trout, who went to, what, 24th? You said 24A or B or one of those, one of those yep. slots. 25. He went 25, right? He went 20. Trout went 25th in that draft. And the guys who went two, three, four, and five didn't really make it. Yep. What Look at these outfielders. That? Outfielders went before him that 
I don't even know. Jared Mitchell. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, it goes yeah. to your point. It's a crapshoot. It is. It's a big crapshoot. It seems like it's more of a crapshoot than any other sport. Because if we took the football players from that year, I, I know we're going off on a tangent, but it's an interesting tangent. If you went and took the football players of, of that year, you took the basketball players of that year who went in the first round, right? And, I, and I, basketball is a little different because it's a condensed talent pool, if you will. You know, after you get through the first 20 picks, usually the talent level drops off dramatically in these the NBA drafts, right? But still in all, you go back and you look at it proportionately, you'd see that there is a – it's it, – the the number of players in baseball who make it from the first round are, are – it is a crapshoot. It's a complete dice roll. No matter how well you scout, it is. Yep, yep. Number 26 to the Brewers, Eric Arnett. Doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Uh, that says everything about society, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, uh, you have to write my Wikipedia page. I don't have one yet. Yeah, I just need the uh, references. I don't have any. <laughs> so let's right talk uh, Okay the, the Yankees pick Austin Wells He's a catcher Yes, um, yes, good one too Yeah, they say he's very much like Gary Sanchez uh, A lot of bat A lot of bat Right Yeah Yankees picked a catcher um, last year too, didn't they? They did, yeah But I kind of think this Austin Wells kid uh, Might transition to first base Yeah, well, some, in some cases You can transition a guy to another position for sure uh, I think the Yankees have been stockpiling catching, which is interesting because, well, first of all, catching is another position that's really hard to fill. And if you stockpile that kind of talent and a couple of guys make it through your system and develop it to really good frontline players, that's great. But you also, they're very tradable. That gives you a very strong trading chip. Usually catchers are hard to come by. So if you can develop them, I mean, it's great. And, and if somebody sees them as a prospect, you can go far with a catching prospect. Just a thought. All right. Yeah, yeah, and that might be what they're thinking. Um, or not. not or not. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I don't know. Speaking of the draft, seven years ago this week, the uh, the Yankees drafted Josh Pettit on the same day that his dad, Andy Pettit, who you might know, earned his 250th victory. Now, I bring that up because, Flip, I want to get your take. Uh, Josh obviously decided to go to college. Everyone expected him to go to college. Right. Um, but you see that a lot. It's not irregular for franchises to use a late round pick to quote unquote, do a favor. Um, why is that? You could still find quality talent. Yeah, you could. But again, you know, as you, as the, as you go lower in the rounds, you know, it becomes even more of a crapshoot, right? If you think the first round's a crapshoot, try the fifth round or try, you know, Although I know, I know this, they're limiting, starting to limit the number of rounds they're going to have in drafts, right? They limited the number of rounds for this draft. So, but still in all, once you get past the first, you know, three rounds, it, it becomes more, it becomes more of a precipitous crapshoot. It just does. So, so, so you look at something, you say, okay, we're at this thing. I, I've, I've addressed it. I've drafted pitchers. I've drafted outfielders. I've drafted the, the players I think we need. Now it's like, now it's a matter of playing with the house money. You know what? So-and-so, I always liked him. He comes from a good pedigree. His father was a good player or his, his uncle was a good player. And always, the name will strike well with our organization because there's a history with the organization. So you go out and you take Don Mattingly's son or you go out and you take Paul O'Neill's nephew, which was the case that happened both times. Or you go out and you you know, you know take uh, someone related to somebody, a pitcher like anybody, take his son. Uh, even though you know that oh, oh, like last year, Al Leiter's son was, was taken, right? Now, Al Leiter's son, Jack, He's going to be could potentially be a big star if he had declared didn't declare to go to Vanderbilt. He would have been one of the one of the top picks in the country. He would have gone in the first 
probably five or six picks. That's how well thought of Jack uh, Leiter is. A, for his ability, and also because of the pedigree, because of the father, right? So you put it together, and it looks like he's a can't miss. He's got great stuff. Everybody loves him. But he wanted, decided he wanted to go to college. So he's deferring right now. He said, nah, I'm not going to declare for the pros. I'm going to go to college right now. I'm going to Vanderbilt. So he goes to Vanderbilt. The Yankee pick comes up. They say, you know, just in case something happens, he doesn't sign. He wants to go to school. He changes his mind. It'd be nice to have him here because you know what? Just in case. We, it's a just-in-case pick. So it makes sense for the organization. We could use a pitcher like that, obviously. Let's try it. So it's a just-in-case pick. And none to lose. The um, Dodgers had nothing to oh, lose, right, in round 62. Yeah. Piazza, yeah. You know who yeah. I'm talking about? Mike Piazza did a favor. Yeah, I was, think it was Lasorda uh, did a favor was, uh, for somebody. I think it was either yeah. – he's either Tommy Lasorda's nephew, which is possible, or he's a friend of somebody who was Tommy Lasorda's nephew. I don't know. It was some link to Lasorda. Who said, ah, you know what? It's we we, we don't really need to pick for something. Let's just do, do me a favor, draft this kid. Uh, kid winds up going to the Hall of Fame. So sometimes those things happen too. You can find yeah. talent, you, but you, again, it, it's just more of a, yeah. an Easter egg yeah. hunt. As the lower you get, it becomes more of an Easter egg hunt. That's all. You want to do some more of this week in Yankees history? Yeah. yeah. All right. June 8th, 1921, Babe Ruth gets arrested and jailed for speeding. I want to know, where were you when this happened? All right. I was out with the Nets group, with Ian Eagle, with Sarah Kustak. You know, I was out with Frank DeGrace, the Net producer. And, and we were getting in different kind of trouble back then because there was prohibition. No, where was I? I mean, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, said you, you said you went to high school with Abe Lincoln. We used to call Honest Abe. I, I, I like Dave. He was a good guy. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln High School in Brooklyn, great high school. Lee Mazzilli went there. Uh, Marv Albert went there. Um, uh, the great playwright, uh, Arthur Miller, wrote Death of a Salesman. He, he went to Abraham Lincoln High School in Brooklyn. That's where I went. I, was, I enjoyed my high school years very much. Kind of downhill after high school, but, but other than that, it was, I've enjoyed it. Um, what the hell are we talking about? What are we talking about? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing. I, I was... Uh, feeding myself a joke there. Let's do this one. <laughs> it didn't work out well. It never does. June 8th, yeah. oh, 1969, yeah. Mickey Mantle Day at the stadium. Just give me a Mickey Mantle. Mantle was my favorite player that I never saw. Give me a good man Mantle story. Uh, I actually, I, I can't, well, I can't say I didn't know him. I did know him, but I didn't really know him, if that makes sense. I, uh, I got to know him in later years when I was a professional and, and I was working at NBC Sports. I did get to know Mickey Mantle on some levels and because he was he was Bob Costas's idol and I was Bob Costas's producer for about the first nine years of Bob's career uh, at NBC. And, uh, you know, I got to know him. I hadn't really I actually I'd known Roger Maris. I did not know who was my hero. Actually, I did not know Mantle, except I got to know him through Costas. So I mean, he was an interesting guy. Um, you know, he had had uh, obviously being Mickey Mantle. I mean, he was as lionized. I mean, Mike Trout, for as great a player as Mike Trout is, and Mike Trout is the closest player to Mickey Mantle that you could find in a, on a contemporary uh, level. By that I mean, there's nothing Mike Trout can't can't do as a player. There was nothing that Mickey Mantle couldn't do as a player. But he was limited because he had wrecked his knees. You know, he'd had that that accident in the, in the World Series in 1951 where he stepped in the drain and wrecked, him, wrecking an ankle and a knee. He never was the same. He never reached the same plateau that he could have reached had he not been hurt. But still, in all, he was. Whose ball was that? Well, it depends on who you talk to about this. But it was. It probably right. was. 
you know, it, pro it probably was Dimaggio's, right? But he let Manuel do it, and then there's a whole theory behind all that. Yeah. Which we go into another time, but but uh, but you know, Mickey was was his family. Like his father died very young. All his uncles died very young. Came from a coal mining, you know, background, and and uh, so the fact that you know he he lived as long as he did was a miracle to him. He never really saw himself living, so he lived he lived hard. He had a hard life. He lived hard. I mean, but and to be to be Mickey Mantle to have the weight of that on you. I mean, to be able to handle that, I, I have to think was extremely difficult. And it was because, like I said, I didn't know him well, but I knew him enough to say that, uh, you know, he, it was hard for him to, to come to terms with what it was and the expectations of being Mickey Mantle. You know, he, uh, um, so, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, excess that was in that life that I know of. And I'm, like I said, I wasn't around him every day, but I, I saw the excesses and, uh, I think it took a toll on him and, and it's too bad because, and at the end of his life, he realized the things that he could have done better. And had he been able to, you know, been able to get through his illnesses, uh, he, he would have been a very different person and it would have been great to see a different person. Uh, but if you talk to, if you talk to Billy Crystal or you talk to Bob Costas, uh, you talked to him about the, obviously Billy Crystal's movie was 61 where he talked about Mantle and Maris and the great season of 61 and the home run trace uh, for Babe Ruth's record at the time of 60. Uh, you get to see what an incredibly nuanced story that was. And those of you who haven't seen it, 61 is the name of the movie. I'm sure a lot of you have, many of you have, but some of you may not. It's worth checking out. It's a great movie actually. And I think Billy Crystal did a great job putting it together, but the portrayals, as I know them, of Mandel and Maris are extremely accurate. So without giving anything more away, I think you should look at it. But Mickey was a fascinating person, the, 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 at least the, the little I knew of him. And I could see why, you know, um, it was hard being Mickey Mantle. And I'll just sort of leave it at that. Uh, 61, one of my favorite movies. Um, Barry Pepper played an amazing Roger Maris. Uh, had his, actually, I should go, Thomas Jane had Mantle swing down Pat and never even played baseball in his life, which is amazing to me. Yeah, they, they did a really good, he did a really good job of casting that movie from both Mantle and Maris because I was going to be, you know, I was going to be critical of the casting because I saw those guys play and I saw Mel Allen announce and Phil Rizzuto and I heard them announce. And so, I mean, every character who was on that field, I saw play and I have a, some recollection of. So, and my recollections are, are usually, I don't want to say dead on because it makes me seem like I, I think I know everything about baseball, but let's just say they were dead on. Okay. My recollections of all this is dead on. And for me to sit there and to, or, or watch this and tell you, that I was amazed at the casting in this thing and how accurate the casting was. Although a couple of them didn't, I mean, I, the guy who played Mel Allen was not Mel Allen and there were a couple of things that didn't work as well as other things, but I must tell you, it's a great movie to see. And it's the zeitgeist of the sixties too. And all that was going on at that part of the time is pretty well captured as well. I, so that's why I thought it was a great movie. Another, and it's worth, like I said, checking out to see for a lot of reasons, but, but they were great. They played Mickey and Roger to a T. That is a great story. It's one of baseball's great stories. So um, the guy who played Mel Allen was Shooter McGavin in uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. You see Happy Gilmore with Adam Sandler? Oh, that's, you know what, you're, that's right. You know, you're right. <laughs> that, I, didn't, I never put that together, but you're right. How did he do there? Was he more, was he truer to, uh, to uh, That was well cast. I'm sure That was. one was. Uh, Anthony <laughs> Michael sure Hall was. played Whitey Ford, by the way, which was curious. Is that Dexter? Is that, uh, is, uh, is that uh, the guy who played Dexter? No, but he's the guy from like the Brat Pack back in the day. Not the Rat Pack, uh -huh. the Brat Pack. 
And who else was in the Brat Pack? Just uh, I do have the internet in front of me. Uh, Molly Ringwald, Judd Nelson, uh-huh. Rob Lowe. Was, uh, was Kiefer Sutherland part yeah, of I the Yeah, I think he was. I think so. And, and Julia Roberts, was she part of it? I, I want to say no. You know what? I'm going to type it in. Let's find out. Okay. So rate, review, subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> Great thing. All right, you ready? The core members. I'm ready. This is beautiful. Yeah. This is beautiful. The core members are considered to be Emilio Estevez, who's uh-huh. amazing wow. in Young Guns, Anthony yes, Michael Hall, Rob Lowe, right? Yeah. Andrew McCarthy. Yes. Demi Moore. Oh, Demi Moore. I forgot about Demi Moore. Yeah. Judd Nelson. Yeah. Molly Ringwald and Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy. Wow, this is a good name. She didn't do much afterwards. I don't think. No, a lot of them didn't do much during it either, during or after. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's an interesting rush. Some people had really went on to have really terrific careers, others less so. But, you know, sometimes they get sidetracked, you know, you get married or, you know, you, or something happens and you say, I want to do something else with my career, right? It happens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So people they just want to do something else. Uh, it doesn't mean that they, they weren't successful in what they were doing. And so big Rob Lowe got sidetracked for a little bit and beg, came back big time. Oh, big time. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rob Lowe's a pretty good actor. Speaking of actors. Um, I was on a plane with him. I was just, I was on a, a plane with Rob Lowe once. Yeah? He was sitting he behind was you? A, no, he was sitting, I don't know where he was sitting, like across from me. I think it was a private plane. It was when I worked at ABC doing Monday Night Football and we had to get back. And Dennis Miller, who was part of a, the group at the time, uh, he was friends with Dennis Miller. So we were on this playing together and uh he was a very very interesting guy nice guy i enjoyed talking to him i didn't met him just the one time but he was friends with dennis miller that's how i knew him all right sidebar story didn't really go anywhere but not all sidebar stories go let's bring it full circle we started talking about dead to me and now i want to ask uh dead to me on netflix did you um happen to catch all of season two yet no i'm not i'm about three episodes into season two and I saw the first season when it came out a year ago or so. And I, uh, I really like it though. I, I think it's the, the, the woman who, uh, whose concept this was, was one of the women who did 30 rock. Her name was Liz Feldman. Yeah. It was Friedman. Yeah. She's, it was, she did 30 rock. So, uh, so she knows what she's doing. So she, she, her and Tina Fey had worked together. Not that Tina's in the series. It's just that the influence, you can see the influence in, in this in the series. And, and Christine Applegate is terrific. She does a really, I mean, it's well cast. It's funny. It's really fun. It's well written. It's really well written. It is. At the end of every episode, it's almost like a, a, se- a season finale. Yes. Crazy. Uh, you could say that. And I didn't know much about this other co-star, Linda Cardellini. Did I say that right? I don't know. But she's great. That's, you know, in Italian, that means like a little Carter. <laughs> Anything that's a lady, like a broccolini is like a little broccoli. So you know she's I mean? a little Carter then. I suppose I don't know what a big card is like, but 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 she's a smaller version. That's a leany. That's what the name means. The leany means what that means. Oh, uh, so what do you think on we're that? About... No, we're not done. We got to keep going. <laughs> Come on, we, we we still haven't done the. Did we do all the realignment? Did we finish the realignment? Or did we just get off on some tangent no, yeah. that we never finished? What we? Who do we like in the West? Did we do that? I, did we like oh, the Dodgers? I like the Dodgers. Who to win? You got to pick so two like the teams. Dodgers better than Houston. Better than Houston? I don't you like, like the Dodgers better than Yeah, I don't like Houston at all. You don't like Houston. Because you think the loss of, of, of Garrett Cole would be too much for him to overcome? Yeah. 
too much for them to overcome. Um, <laughs> See, that's not a bad thought. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just asked the question. I'm glad you gave me that thought. I, I think you might be right. I just wanted to finish up. You can't leave loose ends here. No, you're right. So I'm going, if you're going to pick two, right, a winner and then a wild card, yeah. I'm going to say Dodgers. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I don't know after that. The you think the Padres are coming on enough? I do. I do. I like them. I don't know about the maybe the A's. I mean, I think the Padres are starting to, you know, they got some really good young talent. Not enough pitching probably, but uh, they're, they're in the conversation. Uh, maybe the A's. Yeah, I could I could see them. I mean, why not? Billy Bean's got them there every year. They're not, they don't, they get someplace and then and they don't. But, 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 you know, they're in the conversation every year. And that's a lot for, uh, for, a, you know, a, 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 given their market and their, their situation. So, you know, by the way, they need a ballpark. They really need a ballpark. They need one. And obviously the Rays need one. And before baseball can expand anywhere, it's got to get, they got to clean up that. They got to get them both uh, new ballparks. I know they're talking about, they were talking about a Montreal experiment and they were going to do that before, I guess, all this happened with the Rays. There's put some games at home, some in Montreal. Uh, that's obviously all gone by the wayside now. But uh, I, I, you're going to, you, they're, you want, and they're both good baseball teams. You want them to flourish. They got to get new ballparks. They just have to. How is there nobody so, in um, Vegas yet? Doesn't mean it won't be soon. I mean, I think that's that's an option for a lot of teams, and it's an option for baseball to go to Vegas. I mean, Vegas has had very successful minor league teams. The Mets uh, minor league team is there, and I think they've done very well there. I mean, they draw people want to see them play, and Las Vegas is a very, very, very quickly growing uh, you know area. Yeah. So I mean, and they will be. You know, Charlotte is another one. Charlotte's a big city. Whereas you could put a team in Charlotte to be successful, I'm sure. So I mean, there are places you can go. And uh, but before baseball can entertain that, they've got to sort of make sure that they've got those other two franchises right. They've got the baseball talent. They need to draw, and the way to draw is obviously give people a stadium that they that has modern amenities and that the internet and things or whatever that they can feel, you know, the shopping experience and the ballpark experience that you really can't get. I'm no disrespect to Tampa or to Oakland, but you can't get that same experience there. Those ballparks are archaic, mm-hmm. you know. So they they've got to get past archaic. Well, I think the only other loose end that we have on the table is uh, going back to the draft. Greg Amsinger's beard last night was spot on. Mm. I like him with mm-hmm. the beard. It looks good. Uh, I did too. Looks good. His blue socks were a little too much. Looks like what? Looks like a Smith Brothers. A Smith Brothers. What's that mean? Uh, don't you remember the old cough drops? It's it's like Dan Besson. Look at Dan Besson. See Dan Besson's beard? Yeah. I mean, it, it's trimmed. It looks better this week. I mean, some of those guys, like, you know, Doolittle had that beard that when you look at him and you'd go, uh, like, wow, I mean, I'm not being biased against beards. I'm just saying the beard was so long and so it was almost biblical looking, the beard. And the Smith Brothers were an old cough drop company and they called the Smith Brothers. And they would have a cough drop, two guys on a box with big beards, large beards, and they were called the Smith Brothers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm dating myself, but I actually had worse dates in my life. So, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> leave it at that. Sort <laughs> of ended right there. Cool. Yeah, I think that's a good anyway, idea. I think we we'll ended right there. So, in the words of Ashley Fugazi, rate, review, subscribe. It's time to please do that. We really appreciate when you do that. It's time to land this plane, baby. It is just time. Thank you for being with us this week. Please stay safe, stay strong. You know, we're we're going to get through this. We're we're approaching the other side of it. Hopefully, 
and uh, you know, and social distance and do and, and please do all the disinfecting and all the things you need to do to stay healthy and, and, and to keep everybody else healthy around you. So please do that. And we'll see you very soon for Kevin Sullivan, who is uh, our, uh, our vice president of esteemed various titles and things and, and does such a good job being uh, whatever it is that Kevin does. We all love him. <laughs> Thanks and, for that. For Stone and for Joe who pinched hit this week and worked with Kevin and with Danny. We're going to land the plane finally and say we love you and we'll see you soon.